Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Finding out uh, that Nikola Waugh, who we talked about the first hour, will not play tomorrow for Vegas. The Vegas Golden Knights, the Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers dropping a 3-1 playoff intensity-type decision to the L.A. Kings on Wednesday night. And a lot of consternation in this market about the hit by Alex Edler and the fact that Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle and Darnell Nurse basically, uh, you know, had to be the leader, the the assertive leaders for Edmonton. And that's a conversation point we're going to continue down the path for. This is the second hour of voters now brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer, the ideal place to start your daily vacation. Keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse. Reserve your party today at jbedmonton.ca. Don and his staff have multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, the River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on it. We welcome back to the show. He is our Oilers Now headliner today, even though he's a vegan. It is brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It is the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We welcome back the former heavyweight champ of the National Hockey League. He is a Montreal-based media personality and an Edmonton sporting icon, the big man, George LaRock. Hello, George. How are you doing? Very good, Bob. How's everything on your side? Uh, well, I'll be honest. Uh, Evander Kane's a big loss, and it changes the dynamic for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, we have people texting the show saying the Oilers should sign George LaRock and bring him back and play him as the number 12 forward just to keep teams a little bit honest so they don't have guys sticking their knees out on the world's best player. Uh, I know you saw the hit by uh, Edler. Uh, Darnell Nurse went in there. Nobody else kind of really got in the grill of some of L.A.'s players. How did you see all that whole situation? Uh, actually, I agree with you. I was very disappointed. Very disappointed and nobody stepped in because uh, it's it's not showing a good team uh, uh, a good team family when you don't see that it's wrong and uh, in Edmonton Oilers hockey Oilers hard nose hockey people have to step up when something like this happens but can I give you a suggestion though for Evan Bacain that is not there I have an idea someone that could be available and someone that could fill in um, like uh, while Evan Bacain is not there and it's Josh Anderson. You know, it's rumored that there's some team that are interested in Josh Anderson. Calgary's been one of them. And obviously, he does not the scoring touch as Devender Kane does, but he, uh, he, he brings a physical element and speed that could really help all the others. And if you can find a way 
to make a trade where you know you get uh, a, maybe a three-way team trade involving the Coyotes because they're the dumping uh, salary uh, team in the NHL. Finding ways that you know can the Coyotes take half uh, Anderson's salary for half his salary, having an Anderson in Edmonton, it would make a huge difference and it will help out a lot in the lineup. Here's, all right, a couple things, George. We do expect uh, Evander Kane back uh, before the end of the season. So he's on LTIR right now, so they would have to clear cap space for when he comes back. And here's the problem. for If, if, if Josh Anderson only had a couple of years left in his deal, I would say, yeah, but he's got four more years left at five yeah, and a half. Get it, yeah, but if you get him in half. You yeah, but, but do you know what the record? Okay, so George, when when the Maple Leafs dumped uh, Marlowe to Carolina, it was four million in real cash. They had, they had to give a first round draft choice to Carolina. Huh? So you're talking four years of Arizona having to eat half the money on Josh Anderson, and he's a five point five million dollar cap hit. Like it, I, I mean, it, it, would, it would cost at least two first-round draft choices to make that happen. Now, I just so you know, I love Josh Anderson. You know that I've loved him forever. Why does why would Montreal want to get rid of him? Because right now, uh, the way that the team is built, right, they know that this team is going to be good in two, three years. Yeah. In two, three, years, the veterans that you have now, like you have, like. Somebody like Dabanov that's going to go, Dwayne's going to go, Armia's going to go. So they know that they have to get the right core veterans in their prime ready to help these, like the Suzuki Caulfield in three years. Anderson in three years is going to be declining. Uh, you know, contracts like this, it's always towards the end that they're going to hurt you. He's not going to be part of the solution when the team is going to be ready to start winning, kind of like the Devils are winning right now. You know, with all the rookies, it took a while, but now they are. So the value of Anderson is that it's highest now because in three years, you won't get anything in return. So because also Montreal has too many prospects. They have two first-round picks. They have many other prospects that are coming in. They have too much of them. They're not all going to play in Montreal because there's too much. So they're in a position that they could trade in some of these prospects so they could get rid of a contract like this because, you know, we're talking about Josh Anderson, but the, the biggest contract that hurts Montreal the most is Gallagher. And you'll never be able to trade Gallagher even for half his contract because of the size, the injuries and stuff. You know, you'll never come close to the production that he's done before. But Josh Anderson could help the team now. And the other time is now, Bob. It's now. Well, you have to find ways to win now. George, if Montreal were to eat some of the money on Josh Anderson and they were to facilitate Arizona as the third team, I would give up, you know, Borgo, a first-round pick. They'd have to take a guy like Paul Yarvey back in the short term. I would do I would do that for Josh Anderson because I like Josh Anderson, and right now people are losing it, right? Because we know the Canadians like Xavier Borgo who, by the way, has got three goals and six points in 14 games in the minors, but was unbelievable in the Quebec League. We know they like Xavier Borgo. He's a talented player. I, I, I do think Edmonton's time is now. I do like, I just, I don't know how it works given Edmonton's cap. I will say this. If the cap goes up, it makes it more palatable for Edmonton to get in on Josh Anderson. That might be a name. I'm actually, I'm actually thinking, George, what Edmonton needs in the short term, because Kane hopefully will be back. George, maybe by March the 1st, I think Edmonton needs a guy at like $1.25 million or less. 
just to play in the yeah. fourth line, just to keep, like, look at McDermott playing, like Joe Sackick, right, in Colorado. They went out and grabbed McDermott because they were yeah, sick of teams take, leaning on McKinnon. And you know what McDermott's done? He's gone right after players that have cheap shot of guys in Colorado and given them no choice, George. Yeah, no, but you're right. And that's why, uh, you know, I was talking to Colfield the other day on my radio show, and that's exactly what he said. They're so happy to have Jack High because it gets teams are more honest towards, like, uh, against the Canadians. They're more honest towards them, and they're not as mean. And they saw a big difference. And you know what's crazy is that tomorrow they're playing in Philly, uh, in Montreal against Philly, and now uh, Jack High looks like the odd man now because crazy. Madison is back. And nobody understands why you would want to pull this guy out of the lineup, especially against Philly, but that's another question. But, yeah, I understand what you're saying, uh, McDermott, that costs 1.25, but the thing is, there's not that many options like this that are cheap that way. And, well, yes, Anderson, if you get him at half, at two, let's oh, say 2.3 million, it's not that bad. George, you if the Oilers could team. do that, I would like if the, I would give up three pieces to get him, and people would be mad. They're like, you're giving up the number one, you're giving up Borgo, and you're giving up Pouliard. Yeah, I'd do that. I, I would do that yeah, to get Josh Anderson. The, think about the dimension that it would bring to the top lines. And also, he's fast. Well, and again, this is under the context that Montreal would eat half the salary on the deal. That's why you're giving up that much. Or they'd, you know they'd find a way to find the third team, right? Yes. I would. You know, Montreal has the room to do so. They do have the room to do so. And they're rebuilding. So it's the time now to do so. Because I'm telling you, there was big rumors it was going to be gone this summer. I would not be surprised if Josh Anderson would end up somewhere else this year. Because there's a lot of rumors about him. Uh, he's a guy that you could win with. You could go in a playoff with. He's bringing the dimension that a lot of teams need. Uh, and imagine having an Anderson and Evander Kane in the same lineup, what that would do to a team. To the top um, six. Toward, oh, my God. Like, especially second part of the season that is more physical and the playoffs that is more physical, what it would do to skill guys that fast. It would be amazing for the others. But you know what? The others have to figure it out because, Bob, uh, if at one point, you know they're not rebuilding anymore. They have to win now. And if you don't, you know, time's going to run out, and then that's it. You're going you're gonna to regret after, and you can't do that. So they have to find a way to win now, and I think this is their time. They have to be more aggressive. All right. So just to clarify for everybody out there who's wigging out right now, losing their you-know-what, okay? So under the context of an Anderson deal who's got five years left beyond this year at $5.5 million, Somebody, either the Canadians or a third team, has to eat half, and that's on the Canadians to to make that happen. And I and so if they were willing to do that, now you're talking a guy that's a three million dollar hit. Obviously, the Oilers would have to move out a three million dollar player. Edmonton has yes, a Pulleyarvi maybe needs a new start somewhere else, and I believe the cost would be a, a current prospect. We know the Canadians Borgo would make sense. He's from you know Quebec, played in the Quebec, and I believe it would also include the. That would be the minimum, I would think, that Evan, the minimum. And I'm going to tell you right now, George, we're going to get texters saying no way Edmonton should even consider doing that deal. Anderson can't stay healthy. Let me ask you one more thing. You mentioned Philly. They got Delorier, who's probably the best technical fighter in the league, Sealer, who's a super tough defenseman, and they got Zach McEwen, who I like, who George is 925K. What are the Canadians doing not dressing uh, Jack Eye tomorrow against that team? That right now, people are getting upset in Montreal and they don't understand this. So, you know, uh, it's maybe St. Louis kind of try to get the pulse of what the reaction was going to be like, and people are all over it. Like myself, I can just, I couldn't imagine 
the Montreal Canadiens going to feel like playing against Philly like this and not dressing uh, Jack High. Because again, the Laurier, uh, born in Montreal, he's going to rough him up. He loves it. And, and you know, they, they, they're going to prove them wrong. But, you know, the thing is, it's complicated because Kovacevic has been really good. He's a righty. And they, they only have two righties in the lineup, so they need to play him. And they know that with as good as the hockey has been playing, if they put him waivers, they're going to lose them. So they're in a tough position because wide men won't play again. That's fine. He's eight in the, in the chart. But, you know, the, the one thing that I could see San Luis doing to make it easier is play with seven D-men and, you know, you only have two forward in the fourth, but in the fourth line. But it's a big predicament because, you know, guys, they want him in the lineup. They want Jack in the lineup because they haven't had a guy that kept him honest for a while. And you don't want Anderson to do that job too much because you don't want him to get hurt. Or, and that's, so that's why it's a tough position. George, and that's we're getting texts on that front, and that's something that I want to ask you about. What is the – like, can Anderson – is Anderson at the stage now with those shoulder injuries that he shouldn't be fighting? Or can he still do it on a, occasionally? Well, he, he could do it occasionally, but you know that it, before Jack I was there, he was doing it too much, and you want him to be on the ice, and that's the thing. He still is an intimidating force. People are afraid of him, but again, you don't want him to do it too much because if he does it as much as Jack I will, will be doing it this year, he'll get hurt again because he's a play, he plays a physical style, as you know, and he plays a lot of minutes. So you want him on the ice because you know you get him off the ice, and it's going to help the other team. So. I understand people are talking about his injuries, and, and yes, he's had some injuries in the past. But you know what? When he's healthy, and he's, he's healthy right now, he's a force, he's fast. And, you know, in the NHL, it's all about speed. And a power forward like him with speed and, and skill like this, there's not that many. And somebody that's not afraid of the traffic. But, you know, another thing, too, and, and, and I hate to bring that up, but I really thought that with Campbell that we addressed the problem that Montreal, the others had. Yeah. I hope that Campbell figures it out. Me too. Because we could bring in a D-man, we could bring in Anderson or anything. If we rely on Stuart Skinner to save the team, he's too young yet to carry a load and to have that pressure on him. We really need Campbell to figure it out. Otherwise, whatever the others are doing, they're doomed. But, you know, we were all wondering why would Toronto let Campbell go and go get Murray that we all thought that he was done. Well, I don't know what happened and what they saw in Campbell, but you know what? We have to say that letting Campbell go was the right decision. It appears the way, that the, the, way, yeah. the way he's been playing so far. We're 10 games in, George. Let's see, let's see what happens with Campbell here. He's done a little bit of a reset. George, I just want to circle back to something here. You, you know... <laughs> I believe the league needs to protect their star players better. But the league has had a history of not going out of their way to protect the star players. Mario Lemieux once called it a garage league. The NFL protects the quarterbacks. There's a different set of rules for the NBA stars than everybody else on things like traveling and fouling. I don't think the NHL goes out of their way to protect the stars, but ESPN and TNT and NHL Hockey and Rogers all sell the stars. So because... They don't protect the stars as a league. Does that put the greater impetus, the greater focus on the NHL team itself protecting its star players? You know, th- this is such a, a good debate to have because you're right that in some of the leagues, sometimes we often say that, uh, you know, there's two different rules for, uh, you know, star players and the rest of the league, right? But at the same time, you know, they, will, they would say that these stars players 
are the ones that are driving the TV rights and, and the money and, and everything you're generating, right? So in the NHL, it's a physical sport, and you want to be really careful about it because, you know, for years, Bob, we've always talked about how there was a two-way standard in terms of judging uh, you know, penalties or suspension in the NHL. If you're a star player that you do a cheap shot, you're going to get away with it. But if you're a third, fourth line like me, you're done. So that's why it's like if people are already bringing that argument, sometimes some of the treatment that they're getting because they don't want to look like they have a two-way standard, that's why they sometimes let them go. But I, I understand, like, I love Edmonton. Edmonton is my team, so you have the best player in the world. So anything that happens to Edmonton, to McDavid or Dreisaitl, I get mad, and I'm like, we have to protect the stars. But you have the best two stars in the NHL. Some of the teams that don't have stars like this, they, they might be different and have a different opinion about that, right? Saying that, hey, hey, we should protect anyone. It should all be the same. You should be double standard, right? So it's a good debate what you bring it up because, you know, depending what team you're talking to, some are going to agree with you and some are going to not. You nailed it. You nailed it. Teams teams look at it from the perspective of their own position, and if they don't have a McDavid or Dreisaitl exactly. or a Matthews, they look at it from that perspective. i got to ask you a final question. You know I'm a fan of Kirby Doc. I couldn't believe Chicago made that trade. I said the the Montreal Canadiens stole Kirby Doc out of uh, Chicago. How has he played so far this season for the Habs? Well, you know, the one thing that Chicago never thought is to try him in, in the wing. Because at a center, is a disaster. But in the wing, with Suzuki and Cofield, he's, you know, best element, you know. And, you know, he's been quite good. Less pressure on him. He just has to focus on skating fast, going to the net, getting the puck in the tape. He's been great, doing great plays. It's like there's less pressure and he doesn't have to think too much. Remember, when you put a player in center, he needs to have a better hockey IQ. I'm not sure if Kobe Doc's hockey IQ is good enough to be a center. And, but at the wing, he's perfect. The, one, the only one thing, though, the problem with that is Montreal uh, still needs the second-line center, so they, ne- they didn't close the door on him bringing him back at center because that's what they need. They need a centerman behind Suzuki, and Borak is in a perfect uh, chair at a, as a third-man centerman. So, so far, he's staying in the top line because they have no one else than him to put there. But they did say that he might go back to that, to, to that spot in the center. If they do this, I don't see him having as much success in, in center. In Chicago, if you have Jonathan Tays as a teacher to play center and to do draws and you can't do it, nobody in Montreal is going to be able to do that for him. So I'm glad that he's worked it out and he worked in the top line. But as long as he stays there, I think that's where you're going to see him having more success. So, George, here's my theory. He lost his confidence playing in Chicago. Okay, because they did. He was really good, as you know, in the bubble. Remember when Chicago beat Edmonton here? He did. He played second line center, and he was fine. Then he broke his wrist. And he was actually decent the year he came back, and then last year it was a train wreck in Chicago from the start. I mean, everybody got fired there. He didn't have any support there, and and I think that the Canadians have rebuilt his confidence a bit on the wing. Maybe in time they can move him back to center, but you can't argue with the productivity. He's basically at just under a point per game. Uh, you know, he's going to surpass last year's totals fairly quickly uh, with the Canadians, especially when he's playing with Suzuki at Caulfield. So, George, uh, one final one for you. We have people saying, Bob, the Oilers should sign George LaRock and bring him back on a one-year deal at 750000 Actually, I would come back for free if I could just come back and play for the Oilers at Kennedy. Actually, you know what my biggest dream would be, Bob? 
my biggest dream would be to retire as an Edmonton Oilers. I know I'm, I know I'm not a superstar like the one that are up in the roster or anything, but, you know, my biggest regret in the NHL is not the fact that I didn't sign with the Oilers when I had the chance, and I, I listened to my mom when she asked me to sign with Montreal, but, you know, I know it would be more of an honorary thing, but, you know, Edmonton is my home. That's where my kid lives. This is my team. So uh, I don't know if that's possible, but even if it was a, a one minute, if I ha- even if I, I would pay for that contract to retire <laughs> as an oiler. <laughs> Whatever it costs, if I have to pay to do it, I would love to. But you know, but again, I know I'm not. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have enough like dream years in Edmonton probably to have that honor. How long? What did, what did you get in here? Post. Did you play here eight years? How long did you end up playing here? Yeah, eight years, almost 600 games. Uh, no, actually 500 games, I think. Like David just passed me a couple games ago A couple games ago at the 27th rank of most uh, game played with the Oilers. So, you know, I, I was carrying that record for so long that I'm happy that he took that record off my shoulders when he passed me as, as many. George, <laughs> you're a beauty, buddy. He plays at an Oiler. <laughs> Thanks a lot, George. Awesome stuff. Thanks, bro. All right, uh, 125 at Edmonton will return on orders now after this.